Um, my name is Ray. I'm going to be uh, filling in the pulpit today for, for Pastor Tom. He'll be back next Sunday. Actually, he'll be back for uh, the Christmas Eve service. So once again, as Rachel said, I'd like to invite you and encourage you to come out to that. Good time to spend with family. So I'm going to be continuing in this series called God Gives. So we have heard, you guys have heard from, as of now, all the elders. So uh, Dwayne, he preached the first Sunday, and he preached on God gives us the gift of his son. And last Sunday, you heard from Sam. He preached, God gives us the gift of grace. And today, I get the opportunity and the privilege to share with you the gift of wisdom that God gives us. God gives us wisdom. So I'm super excited to go into the book of James. And then we're going to also go right into the Christmas story because we're five days from Christmas. So I feel like we really, we really need to dig into Christmas. And um, hopefully... Um, hopefully everything will make sense and that we'll be able to see how God gave Mary and Joseph wisdom. So please join me in prayer and then we'll dig into James 1. So Heavenly Father, we thank you again for today. We thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for him coming as a baby. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the wisdom that you promise us in your word that we are going to see today. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to the Holy Spirit and that our hearts will just really be able to cling to your word and that we'll be encouraged and that we will want to seek wisdom from you, God. We ask this all in your name. Amen. So, James 1. We're going to be digging into that. That's going to set our context. That's going to kind of give us an idea of what our topic is all about. We have to, we have to figure out this whole concept of wisdom. We have to figure out what wisdom is before we can start to dig in to see where it's used in the Bible, how it affected the Christmas story, and then also as an application, how it fits into us. Because wisdom, I know that's something, oh my, you could probably ask my wife, I need a lot of wisdom. And I'm sure a lot of us need wisdom many, many times. So the great news is this, this passage I'm going to share with you, it is so straightforward. It is so direct. I don't want to say it's so easy because this is the word of God, but at the end of the day, it is just, it's beautiful because it's, it's right there in front of us. So let's go ahead. Let's set some context though. This is uh, once again, the book of James. So this is written by a, a gentleman named James. And um, we're going to go ahead and just kind of break apart these first eight verses. So please join me. James 1, 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersions, greetings. So who's James? We have to figure that out first. James actually was a half-brother of Jesus. Now, he had the same parents in terms of Mary and Joseph, but the reason he's a half-brother is because he was conceived of Mary and Joseph, or as we know Jesus was conceived of the Virgin Mary and the Holy Spirit. So that's why he's the half-brother. But at the end of the day, we know that he grew up alongside Jesus. They were brothers. I don't know the age variation, but you could, I think, safely say that James and Jesus knew each other for their lives growing up. And I think that's important because it's, it's, when we read this, it's like James, he had a good idea of who this Jesus was because they grew up together. Um, history tells us, that James actually wasn't really on board with Jesus during his earthly ministry, that he wasn't necessarily, you know, participating and helping Jesus in his ministry. He was just kind of questioning it. And then it wasn't until Jesus rose again from the dead, that's what we celebrate on Easter, that was the point that James was, oh wow, I get it, like he is the Son of God. 
And he becomes a, you know, a stout follower of Jesus to the point where he writes this letter that we have today in the Bible. That's just a little bit of information about James. So let's go ahead and keep reading now and kind of set down what in the world James is talking about here. So I'll go verses 2 through 4. Verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That's what this chapter is about. It's about trials. We, we all face trials. I'm sure we can all relate to this. But what does it say? It says, when you meet trials of various kinds, what are we supposed to do? Count it as joy. That seems a little... Um, tough, little extreme. I mean, when we, we all think of trials in our lives and we're supposed to be like, oh, this is, this is joy. I mean, that's, that's a hard connection to make. However, the connection is made a little bit later on because we get the reason for this. It says that these hard times that we endure, that they will produce steadfastness. And that's really important. That's who we want to be in our faith. We want to be grounded. We want to be steadfast. When I hear the word steadfast, I think of the idea of strong and steady. Someone who is steadfast is someone who is, they're planted and they're strong and steady. And it's those trials, those tough parts of life that have brought them to that point. They've grounded the person in their faith and made them steady. Their character is strong. It is unwavering. So with that being said, that takes us now into where we're, where we're digging into this idea of wisdom. I, I feel like we had to kind of cover that so we know the context of what James, when he's talking about this wisdom, he's talking about it through this lens of enduring trials and becoming steadfast. So let's now look at verse 5. This is, I guess you would say, our key text for what we're talking about today. Verse 5 says, If any of you... If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Wow, that's encouraging. That is so direct. That is so to the point. That's what I love about that passage. It says, if any of you, so, so who's that? Well, that's any of us. That's all of us. That's beautiful. That's for all of us. And it says, if any of us, what if we lack wisdom. I, I think if we evaluate our hearts and look at ourselves humbly, I think we can all see where we, we fit into this. Like I said, I know I lack wisdom. I think we can all say, yeah, we need wisdom in certain areas. So it says, if you lack wisdom, what should we do? Let him ask God. It's not a formula that you plug into a calculator. It's not jump through all these hoops. It says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask God. This is the gift. We're talking about the series God Gives. This is that gift of wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask God for that wisdom. And this is the beautiful thing. It isn't that God says, oh, fine, sure, here's a little bit of wisdom. No, it says, who gives generously to all without reproach. That means he's going to give it to you, no strings attached. Like, here's this wisdom. God wants you to have wisdom. And it says that is going to be without reproach, no strings attached. You want wisdom? He says, ask God and God's going to give it to you generously. This, doesn't this teach us something about God? How beautiful is that? That we have a God that wants to give us wisdom and he wants, to, not begrudgingly, he wants to give it to us generously. And it says that it will be given to him. 
That is beautiful. Now, there is an additional verse here that we have to talk about because it kind of gives a little bit more information about our hearts. And this, this next couple of verses that we're going to read, it's all about our hearts, the condition of our hearts when we are seeking this wisdom. Verse 6 through 8, but, so there is a but, but once again, this is a good but. This isn't like a strings attached kind of but. Let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So what does this mean? What this means is that when we get wisdom from God, we're not to question that wisdom. It says here, let him ask in faith with no doubting. If you were to take that back to the Greek, another word that fits in there for doubting is without divide. We don't want to have a divided heart where we seek wisdom from God, God gives us wisdom, but then it's like, well, is that really is that, is that really the, the wisdom? Is that the answer that I want? Maybe I should seek wisdom elsewhere. That's what James is saying here. No, we don't want to do that. If you're seeking wisdom from God and you get wisdom, that's from God. That is the wisdom that you need. So he says, don't doubt, don't be divided. For, and then he explains why. He says, if that is you, if you're doubting, it's like you're like a wave that's being tossed to and fro. Well, I got some of God's wisdom over here, but then I got some earthly wisdom over here. And it's like you're a wave just being tossed to and fro. That's not being steadfast. That's not strong and steady. So that's what we have in James. And that is really, really, really encouraging. But before we can move into talking about how this applies, we have to define wisdom. I mean, we all have a pretty good idea in our minds, I'm sure, of what wisdom is, because we've all heard of the, the wise old man down the road who knows a lot of things. Yeah, I think when we think of wisdom, we think of those things. But what if there's a little more to wisdom? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you just the straight-up definition, like the dictionary definition, but then I also want to give you more of a biblical definition. So if you were to look up wisdom in the dictionary, type it into Google, however you want to do it, the technical or the worldly definition says, the ability to use your experience and knowledge in order to make a sensible decision. And I think that's probably what most of us have in mind. You're using, so, experiences, so things that you've done in life, experiences that you've gained, and then knowledge, what's in your head, and based upon those things, you're going to evaluate a situation and make a decision. And I don't think inherently there's anything extremely wrong with that. However, the biblical definition, it's got a couple little changes in there that I think are really, really key. So this is the biblical definition that I'm going to give you, kind of piggybacking with the same words almost as the previous one. So biblical definition of wisdom, the ability to use God's experience and his knowledge to make sensible decisions. That's the definition that I really like of wisdom because we all know our hearts. We know our sinful hearts, the conditions of who we are. When we start relying on our own experiences and our own knowledge, that can lead us to a train wreck. But when we use God's experiences, the almighty, infinite God the Father who knows everything, he created this world, he created you, we use his knowledge and his experience, and then we make sensible decisions based upon that. That's where this whole idea of asking for wisdom. When you ask for wisdom from God, you are asking God. You're asking him for his experiences and his knowledge, for him to speak to you through one way or another, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here, to help you make 
a sensible decision. That's what wisdom is all about. So then we have to ask ourselves, well, how does this apply to us? Well, who lacks wisdom? I'm pretty confident to say all of us. So what should we do about it? What's James tell us? Seek God. What will the outcome be? We have a generous God the Father who wants to give you wisdom. And then what should our condition of our heart be? It should be full of trust, unwavering trust in God. Let's tie this into Christmas now. I'm really excited to share this next part with you because it's just, to me, it's so heartwarming and it's, it's beautiful. I was going to talk to you guys about the wise men because I just thought that fits the wise men, right? Like that would be a perfect connection for talking about wisdom. We were sitting at Thanksgiving with my wife's family and I was talking, yeah, I knew I had the sermon coming up. We were talking about wisdom and I was like, yeah, I'm going to preach on wisdom. I said, but I want to tie it into Christmas and I'm not sure how. And my one sister-in-law was like, hello, the wise men. I'm like, boom, yes, check it off. We got this figured out. Let me tell you, I want to encourage you, research the wise men. It's very unique. The technical word or the word in the Greek is actually magoi or magi, and that's got a much different definition than wise men. So I want to encourage you. It would have been a total rabbit trail to go down, and we would have left here with our heads spinning because my head spun for days trying to research this concept of these wise men and trying to make it pertain to what we are going to today. So as of last Friday, we plucked wise men from this sermon and prayed really hard to God to show me a new path. And let me tell you, God did. So on your own time, it's, it's a really interesting read. Read it, research the wise men. You'll be, I think you'll be surprised. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today, we're going to talk about the wisdom that God gave Mary and Joseph, because we know that God gave them a lot of wisdom. Think about who and Mary and Joseph were. We all know the Christmas story. We've got Mary, who's a teenager, you know, older teenager. We've got Joseph. I don't exactly know his age, but they were young kids. And they're getting married. I mean, I think of when I was in that, you know, engagement point, getting ready to get married. Let me tell you, I was clueless. And I think a lot of us who are married here today can look at where you're at now, look back at that point of when you're engaged and you're just all giddy, excited to get married to the person you love. At the end of the day, though, you're clueless. I think we can all agree on that. And I think we can pretty safely say that Mary and Joseph, I think they were pretty clueless. And my, oh my, as we know from the Christmas story, do they have a journey and an experience ahead of them. And I think we can safely say that they need God's wisdom. So let's go ahead and let's look first at Mary. Let's look at the wisdom that God gave her. Then we're going to look at Joseph, and we're going to look at the, Mary, the, the wisdom that God gave Joseph. So if you want to turn with me, we're going to turn to Luke 1, and we're going to look at verses 26 through 38. <clears throat> this is the story of the angel coming to Mary. Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. So, Mary is just doing her thing, and an angel appears to her 
and says, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. That's got to be somewhat of a shock. And we see that in verse 29. This is Mary's response. But, obviously, she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Yeah, I think um, that makes sense. Of course she's going to be greatly troubled. All of a sudden, this angel is in her face saying, you found favor with God. Greetings. I mean, I can't can't imagine. It would be like a total, utterly shock. And so what does it say that Mary does? She's troubled, of course. And then it says she tried to discern. What is discernment? When you're trying to discern something, are you not seeking wisdom? Can we say here that Mary was trying to seek some wisdom as to what in the world is going on? She's troubled in her heart, and it says that she tried to discern what kind of greeting this might be. In other words, she needed wisdom to figure out why in the world this angel was here in front of her saying God found favor with her. Well, the good news is that she gets that wisdom. Through the angel, God gave her wisdom. In verse 30, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. She got an answer. That is the answer. She was trying to discern what this was all about. Boom, the angel gives her the answer. But Mary has some more wisdom that she's seeking. Let's read verse 34. It says, Mary said to the angel, Well, how will this be since I'm still a virgin? Mary's seeking more wisdom here. She's like, okay, you're telling me that I'm going to bear this son, but, you know, I know how things work, she's saying, and that, that's not how it works. You know, I'm a virgin. How am I going to give birth? So she is seeking more wisdom. She's saying, okay, I don't get it. What's the beautiful thing? She gets an answer. Through the angel, God gives her an answer. And the angel answered her in verse 36, 35, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. She gets the answer. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's going to make this possible. She gets the answer. She was seeking wisdom, and she got it. And then now remember, we got to go back to that definition of wisdom that we talked about. The last part of it, remember, when we look at biblical definition of it, was the ability to use God's experience and knowledge to make a sensible decision. Well, we got to look. Did, did Mary make a sensible decision based upon this wisdom that she got? Well, let's see. What's verse 38 say? And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Mary sought wisdom. And then she made a sensible decision. She said, let it be according to your word, God. Your will be done. This is what you want. This is how you want it to be done. Okay, I will be your servant. You can use me, God. That is beautiful. 
That is an example of wisdom that Mary got. So what about Joseph? Guess what? He needed some wisdom too. Because he was part of this equation. He was going to marry this woman. He did marry this woman, we found out. And that's, that's great news. But what about him? We got to read about the story of Joseph when he kind of got the news breaking to him about his soon-to-be wife being pregnant. So let's go ahead, flip back a few pages to Matthew 1, and we're going to see about how the angel talked to Joseph. So, Matthew 1, 18 and 19. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So, Joseph, it doesn't really say how Joseph found out. We know if you were to look at like the, the story of Christmas, um, at this point Mary would have been about four months pregnant. So if any of you have been pregnant or have spouses, you know at four months you're kind of starting to show. So I, I don't know exactly how Joseph found out, but I got a feeling, you know, he's probably, you know, hanging out with his soon-to-be wife and he's like, hmm, kind of noticing something here. You know, usually in that stage before marriage, everybody's losing weight. But all of a sudden, he's like, huh, Mary, like, I'm not sure what's going on. And then, you know, he's probably like starting to question, oh, no, she would never, you know, this is my pure soon-to-be wife. He's probably got a lot of things going on in his head. And we know that he's going to get an answer. It says here that her husband Joseph, this is 19, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So he's like, you know what, I'm not going to put you to shame. We're going to just brush this under the table and call it quits. And then verse 20, but as he considered these things, Joseph, he's considering what to do. When you consider what to do, do you seek wisdom? I think you do. Joseph was seeking wisdom. He's tossing around ideas. Do I divorce her quietly? Do I maybe take her as my wife and raise this, what he thought at that point, illegitimate child that's not his? He's considering all these things in his heart. He is seeking wisdom. And the very next word, he considered these things, the next word, behold. He's seeking wisdom. Let's see what happens. This is in verse 20. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He was seeking wisdom. God gave him wisdom through the angel. The angel comes. It says literally, as he was considering these things. So he is in the process of considering what to do, seeking wisdom on what to do with his soon-to-be wife. And behold, an angel appears and says, whoa, 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 slow down. It's okay. This baby is of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to raise this child. You need to marry her, and you're going to name him Jesus. And he even goes as far, the angel tells him, who this Jesus is going to be. He's going to save his people from their sins. That's who Jesus is. That is beautiful. 
So let's continue here in 22 to the end of this little section. It says, All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife. But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Remember that definition of wisdom? Seeing things as God sees them, and then acting them out or putting them into practice to make a sensible decision? What did Joseph do? He did what he was commanded to do. It says, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. He got God's wisdom from the angel. The wisdom of God said, marry this woman. And he was obedient to that. He did it. Those are two examples of the Christmas story where Mary and Joseph needed wisdom. And through the means of an angel, God gave them both wisdom so they could further on and make the decisions that they needed to make. Mary was discerning things in her heart. Joseph was considering things in his heart. And through that, through that seeking of wisdom that they were both doing, God provided that. That is beautiful. So the next question is, what about us? What about you? What about me? How can we get this gift of God's wisdom? Remember what we started out in this message about back in James? That's one way that we can get this wisdom. Remember we read in verse 5, if you lack wisdom, let him ask God because God is generous. That's one way to seek wisdom. But I also want to encourage you, this book right here that we're reading from right now, it is jam-packed full of wisdom teachings on instructions of life and how to seek the wisdom and what to do with that wisdom. There's actually a book in this Bible called the Book of Proverbs. And the Book of Proverbs is a book written by King Solomon, who we know had a special gift from God of wisdom. That was a gift that God gave him to be wise. And he wrote this Book of Proverbs. And what a proverb, by the way, the definition of a proverb is a short saying stating a general truth or piece of advice, or in the case in the book of the Bible, wisdom. It's just a bunch of little tidbits of wisdom. I think the word wisdom is mentioned like 46 times in this book. There's actually one section in chapter 8, which I was going to go into this, but we just don't have time. In chapter 8 of Proverbs, wisdom itself gets personified. In other words, it takes on the character of a person and it speaks to us. So I want to encourage you Maybe tonight, sometime this week, read Proverbs 8 and wisdom will actually, you're reading from the viewpoint of wisdom itself. Wisdom takes on personification, takes on a person. And let me tell you, especially towards the end of chapter 8, there is some direct, beautiful instruction from wisdom that wisdom essentially says, through me, you get life tells you how significant wisdom is. So I want to encourage you to, after you research the wise men, of course, go uh, spend some time in uh, Proverbs 8 and see what wisdom has to say to you. So the question now is, where do you need wisdom this Christmas season? Life is messy. We all know that. What about a spiritual situation? Maybe you need a, some wisdom in a spiritual situation. Maybe you're here today and you're like, this whole Jesus baby thing, like, I don't get it. I don't, 
I don't even know where I'm at here. I don't even know where I stand in terms of me and Jesus. Well, if that's you, I want you to do what we learned about in James 1. I want you to ask God for wisdom. Ask God to reveal to you who this Jesus is and why in the world we're here celebrating him and talking about him and what Christmas is all about. I want to encourage you, if that's you, ask for wisdom on that. Ask wisdom from God as to who this Jesus is. Also on spiritual wisdom. Maybe you've been in this church or walking with the Lord for years now. You're like, I know who Jesus is. Jesus and I have a relationship. I love Jesus. He loves me. So maybe you're not at the point of needing to know who, it is, who he is. But I want to encourage you. Ask God for wisdom to learn who Jesus is at even a deeper level. To learn more. To dig into the character of Jesus Christ. To learn who he is and actually for that gospel, not just to be on our hearts, but to be in our hearts. I want to encourage you to ask God to deepen your walk in your faith in him. Ask him for wisdom for how to do that. I want to encourage you to do that. What about um, family situations, this time of year especially? You know, we all get excited about Christmas. A lot of us are all going to go spend time with families. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And we kind of forget about some of the struggles. And we all just think about, oh, everyone's going to come together. But then when you do come together, everyone's together. And sometimes, you know, it starts out good. And then all of a sudden, some memories get brought up or maybe some, some hurt from the past gets brought up and all of a sudden, you've you got that tension in your heart. These are your family, the people you love, but then you're kind of reminded, well, maybe this is the reason why I only see them once or twice a year. I want to encourage you in those situations, ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom as how maybe you can heal some of those relationships, how you can seek reconciliation and genuinely love the members of your family, so you can have a wonderful, beautiful family Christmas celebration. We got some more situations to talk about. What about a financial situation? Do any of you need wisdom for financial situations? This is a season of spending. Some of us spend everything we have to provide gifts for our family, which there's nothing inherently wrong with, buying gifts. But maybe we need some wisdom as to spending our finance, spending our money wisely. I want to encourage you, if that's you, ask God for wisdom. Read the book of Proverbs. It's full of wisdom as to how to spend your money. I want to encourage you to do that. What about your health situations? That's, a, that's one that relates to a lot of us. A lot of us have some underlying health issues. What doctor do I go to? What treatment option do I take? I know my dad right now, he's dealing with some big decisions on cancer treatments. And it's a tough one, you know, you do this, but then you got this side effect, and then you do this, and there's no, like, cut and dry answer, but guess what? God says if you ask for wisdom, he will give it to you generously. So I want to encourage you, if that's you, if you're in that situation with some health questions, ask God for wisdom. And finally, the last situation I want to talk about is some relational situations. Between you, maybe, and your spouse, you and your children, those really like more than just a broad-scale family, but those close-knit relations with your family. Maybe there's some tensions going on there, especially around this time of year. All these different things that we've talked about can all trickle into family or some immediate relational situations with your spouses, with your kids. 
I want to ask you and encourage you to ask God for wisdom, how you can reconcile with those family members in these situations. How you can go to your spouse or your children, you can seek God for that, for wisdom, and how you can just come together and reunite with the people you're closest to. I want to encourage you to do that. All right, we're almost, almost finished here. I want to remind you, though, as you ask, remember what James said. Remember the condition of our heart as we ask for wisdom. He says, don't be like the waves of the ocean. Don't be tossed to and fro back and forth. You ask for wisdom, if God gives you wisdom, we want to bank on that because that's wisdom from God. That is, God is the ultimate, he's the ultimate wisdom. So I want to encourage you that we need to ask in faith with no doubt and no divide. So as you seek wisdom, I want just to encourage you that this is wisdom from God and he is infinite and almighty, the wisest person in the whole universe. This is hard. I get that. It's hard to do. But this is the perfect opportunity to seek God's assistance. And I want you to take this to the Lord in prayer. I want you to open up your Bibles and read. If you're, if you're looking for something encouraging, just start at Proverbs 1 and just cruise through it. It is unbelievable the wisdom that's in Solomon, that Solomon preaches to us through the book of Proverbs, as it pertains life situations that you would never think would ever be mentioned in the Bible. You look through Proverbs, information. Did you know that in Proverbs, there's wisdom on co-signing a loan? There is so much specific life information in Proverbs. And if you're seeking wisdom, I want to encourage you to ask God for that wisdom and also to seek your Bible, to open up the Word of God and look through wisdom. I'm going to end today with two Proverbs. I want to leave you with these. And these are just... This is, I'm, sh- I'm doing this to show you how direct and how wonderful the book of Proverbs is. And th- this doesn't need explaining. This is just straightforward. So Proverbs 3.13 says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gets understanding. And then in closing, the last proverb I want to share with you. This one is just absolutely beautiful. Proverbs 24.13-14 My son, Eat honey, for it is good, and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you provide us with wisdom. You don't just leave us alone. You don't leave us as orphans, stranded. No, it says in the Bible that if we seek you for wisdom, if we ask for wisdom, that you will give it to us, just like you gave Mary and Joseph for the Christmas story. God, as we evaluate our hearts and our lives, I pray that we will really dig in and see those areas where we need wisdom. And God, I pray that we'll be brave and that we will be willing and comfortable to ask you for wisdom. I pray that you'll put that in our hearts, that you will point us to your scriptures, and that we will be able to seek your understanding through your experience, and that we will be able to make our decisions based upon your wisdom, God. We pray for wisdom today. We pray this in your name. Amen.